250 metres to go, Emissary running on, Gold Trip, 150 metres to go, wondering about getting tired, Emissary is trying very, very hard, but Gold Trip is brave, 100 to go, a length and a half, Emissary, Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup, Gold Trip wins it, in a real staying contest for the ages, it's Pavitra, 200 metres to go, Car draws the whip, she's extreme on the inside, coming at her, she's extreme, grab Pavitra, Queen Air, she's extreme, coming clear, three quarters a length for Vitra, and she's extreme for Anthony Cummings, the Cummings name lives on in the Oaks, Nature's Trip with plenty of challenges, Lofty Strike, Front Page, Rocket Horse, Nature's Trip's going to have to lift, Rocket Horse, the centre just in front of Nature's Trip, Rocket Horse, Rocket Horse has won it, Alligator Blood, 200 metres to go, a length and a half to two lengths, Mr Brightside, Tuvalu, Agon late, Alligator Blood, 100 metres to go, still clear from Tuvalu, Alligator Blood, holding on, the Alligator wins, so Sharky the leader, 300 metres to go, a full-on championship race now, two lengths in front, Animo unleashing, they were followed by He's a Shocker, still Sharky, 100 metres to go, followed by He's a Shocker, Mawuka Animo, still Sharky, Sharky holding on, Sharky back to back, Sharky wins it, second for or He's a Shocker, then Animo. G'day punters and welcome to the Racing Previews Review Podcast. Uh, obviously it's been a long week, it's been a massive week. I'm exhausted. I actually just woke up from one of those naps where you wonder where the hell you are when you wake up from it. Uh, it's definitely been a big week so we're not going to hide from that. We're going to try and keep this nice and short, possibly half an hour, 40 minutes and we're just going to touch on the group ones. Nick McWalter and Will Alford uh, is our star panel tonight. We're without Trav, but thank you to everyone straight off the bat for listening to the last podcast. It was it was a ripper, and it's an all-time best for us easily. We expected that, so hopefully we've got a few new listeners, and hopefully you're tuning in again. Fellas, what have we made of Cup Week? You go, Nico. Uh, well, I enjoyed day one today, me and my paddock. On my uh, off for a spell. It's been a long journey, Benny, the last week and it has. whole spring. It's been it's been uh, very taxing. I don't think we've missed many <laughs> meetings. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I felt like it today too. I felt like it. Yeah. I felt like we hadn't missed many, but yeah, yeah obviously um, racing was the winner on Saturday. Unfortunately. Well, two horses I went on, on track to see. The whole reason I went to the races, they both didn't win. But uh, that aside, you've still got to enjoy the day for what it is. Take the Try and take the emotion out of it. But, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future because I think, obviously, they've set the right groundings for Champions Day, but they've got to make it worthwhile. Like... <clears throat> You've got to try and convince the trainers to be, you know, to be third, third up into a Cox Plate, fourth up in Champions Day. Like I don't think you can have it as a fifth up sort of run. You need to, you know, try and convince them that there's a there's a good enough carrot at the back end of the preparation to be, you know, mm. to be working towards, not just a 
an afterthought, which it, which it may have been on Saturday. So, on, on, yeah, on Saturday. So, yeah, look, uh, I've prepared myself for the worst. Let's hope it's not the, the last time we see NS on the racetrack. I think he's a tired boy and he hasn't had a... He hasn't had a break for a long time, so uh, yeah, let's hope he decides that it's just a break for a little while and not forever. Yep, hundred percent. Well, Alfred, uh, I know you're an astute mind, and I think I would say that out of us three, you're definitely the one who isn't the emo- on the emotional side as much in terms of wanting the champs to win. Uh, you back in your judgment, and how have you fared for the overall week? Um, yeah, it, w- it was a pretty good week, um, personally, but on the, on the fan side of horse racing, because I'm a fan, I, I'm a <laughs> bit of a bot, but, I, but I, I do love horse racing. Um, it was a great, great week, and um, it was probably even a, it was probably a bit better um, on the betting side. <laughs> it was yeah. a pretty good week on that side. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, other than that, it, it was a really good week, and um, even though um, some of the, the fan favourites got beat it was a like they were all really really good races and i thought I, th- I, th- I think especially champions champions day worked and i think some people might think it didn't because of the results but i think we'll get into that later and and that was more down to race shape than anything so um yeah let's get into the review we're talking a bit much now yeah Quickly, I'll just mention this uh, podcast is sponsored by Where the Punt. Willie Barbie does a, an amazing job with all his merch at the moment, and maybe there might be some more to come in the coming weeks. And one of them might be Gold Trip, the Melbourne Cup winner. He won his second race on the first Tuesday in November. It was the first of November, and he won with Mark Zara aboard. Obviously, last year Mark lost the ride um, on Very Elegant, who went on to win the Melbourne Cup. This year. He, kind of redemption, I guess. And it, it, this horse has carried the top weight, 57.5 kilos, the first horse since Maccabi Diva um, to carry top weight and win a Melbourne Cup. And it's been a very dominant display of a fast tempo. He's gone around at... I think we have to say he's gone around at a good price given he was the class runner of the race and the compressed weight scale, $21 he got out to... And he's won very well. Uh, Will, I'll start with you. What did you make of the Melbourne Cup win? Yeah, that was a really fast pace. It was a. He's got back to his his European form. It's a it's a peak rating in in Australia. And um, yeah, it was a it was a perfect ride. Um, I ended up backing, uh, Joyce, uh Youngworther, um, Interpretation, <laughs> who ran hundred million lengths last, and and I actually ended up backing the favourite. I was quite keen on um, Realm of Flowers throughout the week, but then the market just absolutely smashed her. Like, mm. she was, like, whatever price she was, into $7. And that was just way too short for me. I thought she was more of a $9 chance. So even though I liked her throughout the week, I thought, I, I can't can't back her at this price. And, and Dover Legend was getting out to a good enough price, so I ended up backing him. Um, I think he's regressed. He, he, he ran well enough. Maybe he didn't get through the ground. The ground was heavy and... and um, they, they were he's a he's a three year old and he's been up for a while and um, and they went really really quickly so there there are, there are excuses there he'll go back to the UK and and probably go around in the, some decent races there I guess so um, yeah it was it was a good race Gold Trip ended up winning a mess emissary um, ran really well um, off his Geelong Cup run he's a half brother to um, Kingman I think he is um, 
no half brother to workforce who's um who won an arc and a and a an, an English derby so he's a well-bred horse and, and I guess he's starting to put his form together because he he's last two um races have um, been quite high rating but at the same time I don't know where he goes goes to now because I guess the the Melbourne Cup's sort of the end of the road yep just quick on before I do get to Nico a lot of people watching the Melbourne Cup betting would go why is Realm of Flowers starting six dollars fifty seven dollars do you want to just explain why that was the case obviously there was a couple of things apples to apples in terms of her ratings track um track rating do you want to just explain what they were backing her off yeah well um uh, uh realm of flowers peak ratings in the, the rams and she she ran a, a rating that would go close or almost win uh three or four of the last six melbourne cups she obviously didn't run up to that rating but um at, at, at weight for age scale that is um so with 50 kilos, um, uh, 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 you know what I mean, at weight for age scale, um, if she ran that Ramsden rating, she would have won the Melbourne Cup, but she didn't. And racing's not that simple, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the her form up to 2,600 metres plus is very solid around that range. Like her Sydney Cup rating was 106, I'm pretty sure. So... Um, yeah, she, she's a good horse, but she just she ran fifth, I think. It's not like she ran poorly, but I thought the market. I I, I marked her nine, eight or nine dollars, thinking I'd be betting at twenty dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I I wasn't gonna be betting at seven dollars. So yeah. Um, caught on. Yeah. Yeah, the market caught on, and I wasn't the only one that found her. Yeah. Apparently. Yep. Hundred percent. So Nico, to the six hundred, they've gone seventeen point nine lengths above. They've come home. 0.6 slow for an overall figure of minus 17.3 so a brutally run cup and the top weight's been too good I think you did have something on him um, what'd you make of the win? Yeah well um, seeing though Doville Squib didn't run that the trip it was uh, yeah it was quite quite good for myself that Gold Trip managed to uh, to stave off Old Emissary I would have been quite sick if Old Emissary ran past Gold Trip and really stripped me bare but yeah a uh, bit of a hateful race the cup this year obviously everyone knows how keen I was on loft and the way the race was won you would have thought he was going to be there for a long way so maybe we'll just have to wait till next year to find out about that everything and is another, everything another is hateful when Nico loses <laughs> that's yeah. what we've learned <laughs> yeah well I backed I backed gold trip in the Cox Plate the Caulfield Cup but not in the Melbourne Cup so <laughs> wow. that's even more sick yeah, that is a bit sick. Oh, I missed him as well. Just trust, just trust Kiramar. He's a freak. Yeah, he is. He is a freak. Yeah, he is. All right, let's go to Thursday. It was the Kennedy Oaks, 2,500 metres, group one for the three-year-old fillies. Um, for some reason, no data through on punting form yet. bit slack there, but I think we know the tale of the oh, tape here. We don't say that. We want a sponsorship. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we know the tale of the tape. Um, you don't have to be a genius to work out that they have crawled in this race, and apparently they didn't. Apparently, it wasn't wasn't that slow. That's really? What I've heard, apparently, apparently, I don't know. That's what I heard. Okay. Well, the best horse won anyway. Yeah, she the best horse won. That's all you need to know. These yep. horses aren't much good. They're a bunch of benchmark seventy fillies, and you'll probably never see them on a Saturday card again, apart from the winner. Yeah, hundred percent. She's extreme. She is a ripper. Um, she obviously had that little that little niggling issue about the synthetic hoof going into it but 
you know, it's it's a you take it with a grain of salt sometimes that type of thing sometimes it can affect him sometimes it, it hasn't you don't really know how much it has affected her here she's won by a length but honestly it was the softest of one length victories you'll ever see and she just completely outclassed him nico you were kicking up for her it was one of your best bets on the thursday program what'd you make of the win yeah well <clears throat> um i was quite confident a long way out especially when she got the gun run where she was and they were going steady but they weren't going overly fast and then once we got to the thousand metre mark and no one took off well, I said to myself watching it I was like well she, there's no possible way she would get beat here <laughs> and, and she didn't yeah. that was the only way they were ever going to beat her if they turned it into a relative walk sprint home well the horse with the best turn of foot's always going to win the race the way like from the position she was in so yeah, yeah. You you weren't too worried a thousand out when you knew that was going to be the case, and unless she got glued to the fence <clears throat> and never saw daylight, which was highly unlikely because she had five hundred meters to get out and go. Yeah, I'm not sure if you. But, yeah. I'm not sure if you boys remember, but a couple of months ago we had a review podcast, and one of the questions was, "Who are the horses you're looking forward to seeing this spring?" And the one was about the three-year-olds. And, and I actually said She's Extreme was the horse that I was oh, looking shut for. shut up. Turn it up. No, 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 I'm, no. But I'm just like saying... No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying I'm filthy with myself that I haven't got anything out of her. Because I've, I've, <laughs> I felt like I've just burnt my fingers a little bit with short price favourites in the Oaks in the last five years. So I kind of resorted back to Zenzella. Still got a small amount out of She's Extreme. But in hindsight, you look back at it and go... Yeah. Benchmark seventy fillies. Yeah. Don't there, follow these there, ones. <laughs> there is, there is like, there is something to to take out of it. Like I know this year is only a small sample size, but years gone by, the wakeful's not normally the best, the best lead in. It's normally the one with the fresh legs. The wakeful. Oh, yeah. It has been recently. The, the wakeful is the best lead up. Normally. Well, that, that wasn't the information I was getting told, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> Maybe misheard. <laughs> Well, no, oh, well, anyway, in this in this case in point, they had a yeah. taxing run on on the Saturday, and mm. she's extreme, coming with the fresh legs, and was was yeah. much the better. Yeah, well, they went too fast in the the week for this year. Yeah, and that spring champion form was pretty solid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she arguably should have won the spring champions. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, we go on to Saturday now. It was yeah. the first Champions Day rebadged. Obviously, from Stakes Day, we had Trav Noonan on the podcast, as I mentioned earlier, to preview it, and that was awesome. Trav found a, a few winners early, which was awesome as well. Um, the first group one was race six. It was the Dali Champion Sprint over 1,200 metres down the straight, and Rockin' Horse, the New Zealand mare, uh, trained by Mike Moroni, this time ridden by Jamie Mott, who gets his second group one win, has taken it out. Um, another upset down the straight obviously won the new market and has beaten a nature strip who has been well well below average here yeah um this was a bit sick i ended up backing nature strip um i should have probably i don't know it's not really sick because you've taken two dollars yeah yeah enough and it's backed into a dollar 65 but it's a good bet whichever way you look at it whether it's a losing bet or not the averages are in your favour. If you get something at $2 and it goes into $1.65, yeah, yeah, I know. Chances yeah. are you're going to be winning more than you're losing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, 
Um, like I said in the the preview, um, he hasn't had a break in a very very long time. He's peaked first up, and then he's been below par the next two runs. It happens sometimes. Can happen to any horse. Um, he's he's just tired. I think whether they need to retire him or um, or he just needs to go to the paddock. I don't. That's not not up to me to decide. Um, but yeah, he's yeah he just raced like a tired horse and and he he's been beaten right by rock and horse. Like he, he I don't know. There's a bit bunch finish and like, I don't know. This this wasn't a good race. It wasn't a high rating race. Um, it's not like rock and horse has gone to a a massive new level. This is about her level, and and she's just been good enough to to capitalise on it, I guess. But um, good for Jamie Mott. He was out um, racing it. Uh, where are they racing today? Moe today. So he's a traveller. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the rating was one hundred one point five. So Nature Trip has regressed dramatically, even Absolutely. off even off his um, Everest performance which i thought was still a very good performance this is much worse than that um i was saying in the chat today that i thought jmac went a bit slow has it had any bearing on the result probably not nope but yeah he's only gone five lengths below to the 600 which isn't that fast for nature trip but we have seen in in recent runs he's been able to quicken off a slow tempo he's also been able to break the hearts from the front when going fast so he was just poor he's tired um, no real excuses other than that. Nico does leave a little bit of a sick feeling in the stomach watching it, but it is what it is. There is one excuse. What? Nico was there. <laughs> oh, you had to. You just had to. Well, whether you want to, whether you want to buy into that bullshit or not, will was up to you. But yeah, as I've said, I was quite emotional Saturday when it all happened. It's not. It's not about the pun, it's about seeing my favourite horse lose. But, yeah, I don't know. I knew we were in trouble a long way out. And that was that was the hard thing to watch, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Anyone that wants to question him, he was gone. Any, most other horses would have finished midfield at the 400 to be beating a long neck mm. on the line. And, the, and 75 out, it looked like he was coming back off the canvas. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought I thought half live, and it was the worst thing is I'd seen it all before. It was the same as what happened in the Lightning. Seventy five out. It looked like he was going to get there. At least this one was a little bit further away, and it wasn't a head up, head down situation. But yeah, yeah um, hard to take. But there is a case to be made that you know the market undersold Rocket Horse. She did win a new market, and she. He's a very good straight horse, so depends which angle you want to take out of it. Oh, I'm not taking that angle out of it because if any, if NS is anywhere near his best, he he kicks their head in, wins by five. But yeah, look, um, I'm preparing myself that that could be the last time I see him on the track. So if I see him back on a racetrack, it's only a bonus for me. But yeah, I've mentally and emotionally switched to the fact that he might not ever race again. And if he and if that is the case, well. He's had a great career and he's the second best sprinter we've ever seen. The two little blemishes next to his record aren't going to change that. But yeah, if he if he's had enough, he's had enough. So. See him at Living right. Legends. Yep, and I'll go feed him carrots and give him a pat, will we? <laughs> oh, yes. It's um, not the only thing you'll be doing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
What else would I be doing, Ruba? Um, the mile. The Kennedy Champions Mile was over 1,600 metres. It was a Group 1, and possibly the toughest miler in Australia has taken it out. His name is Alligator Blood. Obviously, we, we know his story. He was um, he was the champion three-year-old uh, back when he was racing in, in those green silks, and he won the Australian Guineas. He probably should have won a Caulfield Guineas as well. He won the Magic Millions up on the Gold Coast. And Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott have got him to come back after this um, little injury stint he had on the sidelines. He spent almost a year out of racing, and now he's back, and he's back better than ever. Um, he's captured a couple group ones. He's got the the Underwood and now the cha- and the Champions Mile back to sixteen hundred meters was the absolute key, and he's been given the perfect front running steer from Tim Clark. Yeah, it was a great ride. Um, um, I'm sure you were there, and you noticed like, I absolutely screamed this home. It was quite <laughs> embarrassing after the race. <laughs> it was about it was about time you actually cheered one over the robot anyway. I loved it. It was so good. It was such a good ride. Um, yeah, um, he's just been so consistent in his preparation around his sort of ratings, um, the 102 to 104 range, and he's done that again here. Um, two Tuvalu's run completely out of his skin. I don't know why they're going. They're not. They're not going to the railway. I thought that'd just be a free Group One for him. He would just put oh, himself on speed. And sometimes you can't be afraid just to pull the pin, Wilma, when they're going out on a high. Proof in the pudding on the weekend. Sometimes you don't know when they're like when, when they've had enough. Well, why not take the chance and go win a group one? Um, they they've gone out. Uh, how fast have they gone out? They've gone out slow, um, which is five point nine. Yeah, they haven't they haven't gone out super fast for this grade of horse and and the horses like if you were further back than fourth, he pretty much didn't have much of a chance because this was this was such a good ride and and that. But the field is really strung out and and like it's just physically impossible for the horses to to catch a horse that's that's running to the line line as strongly as he was giving him that much of a head start so yeah it was a perfect ride really good horse um and yeah he's pretty much my favorite horse now i reckon that was awesome huge let's talk about a little bit more of the betting private eye came into this race oh, yeah a very very short price favorite they they just wanted to back one horse and one horse only, really. I know Alligator Bug started, started at 5.50, but yeah, this horse has started $2.30. I think, what did he open? He opened probably 3.50 maybe? 3.50. Something $3. like 50. that. And he's just been expressed. Obviously, he's coming off, you know, he's absolutely airborne this prep, but they've all been over the sprinting trips. He won the Nature Trip Stakes last start. He's came here and I'm not sure if you saw the early stages of the race, but he did He did get up on the, on the Chewy a little bit. He got a little bit keen. Uh, apparently, he has put up with a, a little issue after the race. Um, what do you make of his performance and, and the betting overall? Um, yeah, that, that's the thing with um, uh, with Private Eye. He's he's always a horse that's been that's um, had been getting keen over sixteen hundred meters. So maybe he's just a, a really good horse that does get a bit fresh and a bit keen over these longer distances where they don't don't go as hard. But when they're over twelve hundred meters. Um, 1300, 1400 meters when the, the pace is flat out and he doesn't have any, he, he doesn't have any time to think about anything and he's just flat out. He doesn't, he doesn't um, race race keenly and any and, he, and he, he races to to his full ability I guess. So maybe 
that's why he's he he's a different horse over the over the sprint trips and and when they when they try and um, get him out to uh, sixteen hundred meters, it, it doesn't quite work for him. It's the same with Alligator Blood um, over two thousand meters. He doesn't quite get two thousand meters. He gets a bit keen because they they run a bit slower um, than what they do at the mile, and and he, and he just runs flat out and. And yeah, I, I guess that obviously works for him. The betting was interesting because I I, I couldn't get get him any shorter than breaking up a bit than two fifty. Huh? I think you're breaking up a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully the audio's fine. Okay. Um, I just edit this bit out. Maybe. <laughs> just keep going. All good. Um. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Uh. Yeah. He was he was expressed in betting and um. And yeah, like I I couldn't get him any shorter than what he was, but. But the market obviously um, thought thought that he was a two thirty chance, and he he didn't quite run up to that. But his but his form leading up to that um, sort of suggested he was. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting betting race, I thought. Yep. Nico, what did you make of the race? I couldn't believe the goat for him. That was <clears throat> it was just absolutely nuts. But I I sort of had that feeling that. I took a little bit of 275 in the end because I thought, well, maybe someone knows something that I don't. I was like starting to question my judgment a little bit with them. They just kept steaming him and steaming him and steaming him, but it didn't matter in the end anyway. But yeah, uh, didn't get anything out of alligator blood, unfortunately. <laughs> that was uh, one of the issues I had on Saturday when I was on track. I have a tendency to start enjoying the off the track stuff more than what's <laughs> happening on the track and I don't and I don't bet properly. Case in point, I haven't got anything out of Sulcum and I haven't got anything out of Alligator Blood. Three dollars and seven dollars fifty. Well done, Nick, you fucking idiot. That is a little bit sickening. The other runner we have to touch on is Cascadian. Um, this horse is absolutely airborne um he has run the fastest final 200 meters split of the entire day obviously it's it's off a slow tempo he's got back into a hopeless position he's drawn barry 11 so is there anything more james mcdonald could have done maybe maybe not he's not he's not the best beginner and he was going obviously he stepped back in trip from 2000 to 1800 meters and then 1800 meters to 1600 meters he's pulled him all the way to the outside fence he's given a couple high fives to those those hanging over the fence and watching um he's run huge but he was just never ever going to be a factor yeah yeah he had none the way the race was run um that sort of thought that's what i sort of thought before the race like he was always going to be in that position and and I, i didn't think he'd be that far back but but he was um it wasn't a great ride um, I know Jamek absolutely shot the, la- the lights out over the Spring Carnival, but he had a couple questionable rides I thought on Spring Champions Day and um, or Champions Day, not Spring Champions Day. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This ride wasn't great, and um, he was finishing fast, but he, d- he didn't get anything for it. He was he was he ran fifth in the end. So yeah, potentially. I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but potentially could have been other things on the mind. We know. They have just had the baby today, so congratulations to J Mac and, oh. and Katie. What? You think it's not a factor? Needs to be gelded, maybe. <laughs> well, who knows? She she obviously would have been at the hospital and could have been, you know, pregnant any any day. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, fair um, enough. Fair so, enough. 
it is it is a fair thought i reckon and it's also like three million dollars on the line <laughs> yeah yeah it is true but it only takes a little thing like that to be a couple percent off and that's yeah. a perfect segue into the champion stakes 2000 meters group one i thought he's i'll mention the winner he deserves a bit of respect zaki uh he's now a rising eight-year-old and he's gone back to back in the race he's led all the way here uh, again and he's gone at a very very sedate tempo he's only gone two lengths below all benchmarks so that for group one that is just ridiculously slow um and he's got a got away with murder i thought the ride on animo wasn't the greatest i thought he should have shown the initiative he showed in the cox plate he drew barrier four the horse stepped fine he didn't even step that bad and he's kind of just got shuffled back shuffled back and he's ended up being seventh and eighth and he was just never going to catch Zaki. I know he's still been flat that final 200 metres. I know he's a shocker and Mwanga sprinted better than him anyway, but I just don't think he was given every chance, albeit. Yeah, it's kind of funny how um, everyone's sort of been um, going on about how Jamie Carr needs to go faster and she's absolutely walked yeah. here and she's, she's stolen it. But I guess um, that's not her problem that's that's james mcdonald's and and um mark zara's problem because they gave their horses way too much to do um not their well i don't even know who he was riding i can't remember um but um yeah like uh animo and i'm thunderstruck haven't um raced badly and i hope i hope that um the trainers don't see this and, and think like this was because of they had the grand final two or three weeks earlier whatever it is um it's not because of that it's because the jockeys gave their horses no, no chance um so yeah um they, they just had no chance the way that race was run i thought james mcdonald could have put animo a lot closer and i guess uh thunderstruck was um dictated to a bit by the barrier but you know he keeps drawing badly and that's that's what happens and it's i don't know i, I sort of ended up wanting to back on thunderstruck but um, by the time I checked the odds, it was he was five dollars into three eighty in about half a half a minute. So he was absolutely steamed. Mm, he's been well back a couple um, times. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing to mention was um, how soft um, Anima was in the betting late. He and he, he played up like he, I'm like I've got no idea with the many yard, but but I, but I, I was saying like look look he's he's on his toes and he's. he's He's playing up in the yard, and, and that's what what he hasn't been he hasn't been doing that um, throughout his preparation. So, um, yeah, potentially end of prep run for Animo. Um, I think uh, Godolphin horses, as a rule, once they get past fourth up, they they they're past their best, and they they start to fall off a cliff. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think the race shape was the best for him, but I also don't think um, maybe he was he was a bit below his best. I thought. Yeah, it was a warm day, probably the warmest day they've raced on this preparation. So potentially that might have had some effect on him. He has definitely gotten warm in the yard. He started to sweat up a little bit, got on his toes. So, yep, he's a colt and those things kind of happen. Nico, Zaki's gone back to back. Last year she had J-Mac on. This year she's had Jamie Carr on. I've been one of those people who have been kind of potting Jamie Carr about how slow she's been going on him yeah, uh, she's not going fast enough she's not going fast enough and I've ended up with egg on my face here because she's absolutely well, you weren't wrong to be fair yeah maybe I wasn't wrong but she, she has gotten away with murder here um, 
and she's gone the complete opposite of what I've been saying, and she's been able to get away with it. Nick, what did you make of Zaki's victory? Well, there's a couple of things. There's the narrative of everyone who has backed Nature Strip and Animo and wanted to be with them has now like taken the easy cop out, talking through their kick about saying like, you know, yeah, they're over the top, they're this, they're that. Well, at the end of the day, James Cummings and Chris Waller wouldn't have sent these two horses to the races if that's what they genuinely thought. Well, sometimes you don't know. Yeah, exactly right, Wilbur. So, like, you you just have to cop the loss. You can't... The, the, the narrative and the, the rubbish talk on a Monday, once they've been beaten, and trying to, like, the post-race expertise really does my head in. Like, it pisses me off. That's so what much. reviews for. That's what we're doing. You're obviously and talking about also, the radio. I haven't been... I, haven't, I didn't really listen to the radio as much not as Not just you. radio. Like, punters out there everywhere. Yeah, fair. And also, the narrative that... Uh, Ben Mallum's handed this to Jamie Carr. Well, yes, partly. He also doesn't have to go any faster. Like, if he's conserving as much energy as possible for his horse, it's only going to enhance his horse's chances at the end. There is other riders in the race that can show initiative, not just because Ben Mallum's the closest person to Zaki. He has to show the initiative and drag the other horses into the race. So there's two ways to look at it. Mm. It's easy to put Ben Mellum in the gun because he hasn't pressured Zaki. Well, no one else has shown any initiative and wants to light the flames and but when, have some fire. But when we say show so, initiative, it's it's a it's such a loose term because you say show initiative, but if you have a horse like Hinge just take off and go around him and, and go to the lead, potentially she's could be ruining her chances of running closer to the top three than the bottom three. I oh, know things well, don't yeah. eventuate, but it's hundred percent agree a, such with a you. But ball. like, it's easy. It's easy to blame Ben Mallum for him doing the same thing by giving his horse every chance by conserving energy. So it works either way. But yeah, look, um, cat. Well, all you have to take out of it is you give a good horse a start. And a soft enough time of it, he's always going to be very hard to run down. Yeah. At the end of the day, like he's not, he's not that bad a horse. He's still a very good horse, Zaki. So, hmm. yeah. Look, um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Animo had an off day. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'm struck for that matter. Yeah. There is one thing I'm not sure. I was just looking at the data real quickly from the three group ones. Potentially lanes, um, sort of like the middle to outside lanes, have been a little bit more, um, have been a little bit better than outside. I'm not sure if if, the, if you subscribe to that at all, Will, but kind of visually looking at it and just looking at the results, it kind of looks like some of the class horses getting out into those wider lanes haven't finished off as well as some of those ones middle to outside. Um, I don't know. I haven't paid that much attention to it. Yeah. Um, I'm doing exams, so I haven't looked that much into it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, I guess uh, James McDonald thought enough of the outside lane to 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 go take Cascadia in there. So, mm. well, what Dwayne Dunn actually said on the wrap, he was surprised he went out there because it didn't even walk that well. But oh, who he, really? He knows? would know more than me. Who really yeah, knows? I don't know. Uh, 
So that was the three group ones on Champions Day. Where do we kind of want to head next? There was a bit of a special performance yesterday morning in America. Flightline was able to take out the Breeders' Cup Classic. He signs off a champion, six out of six. Uh, I think the time form rating came through as 141. Um, an unbelievable performance. It was what everyone wanted to see. It's just a shame that he's going to retire to start now. Yeah, I don't blame him. He's got he's got issues. Um, he's not not the soundest horse. It sounds like he. If you want to look up, um, if you're listening, look up um, Flightline Scar, and he, he's got like a big scar on his on his um on his uh, ass. So <laughs> he's obviously he's obviously had some sort of issues. I, I think I saw he, he he got his leg stuck in like a, a I don't I don't even know but um he's not the most sound horse and I guess it's probably not worth risking one of the the best horses of all time and and you can guarantee yourself a majillion dollars in um in babies so I don't blame them. He's about to go have an unreal time, Uber. <laughs> yep. Good on be him. Like you. Be like you on prom night. <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> um, uh, the only other one. My I'll... mum listens to this. Oh, really? <laughs> she's yeah. in the she's in the five percent female listeners, which <laughs> yeah. we we really do appreciate. The only other one Thanks, I want to mention um, was that Cody's wish winning the the mile. If you haven't gone and watched the video, um, it is so unbelievable that you just like you wouldn't even think it was true if it was in a movie. Obviously. This uh, this young guy who's um, obviously had a, a disease from from birth, um, and he's been struggling. You know, he's been fighting for his life, his whole life. He's about to turn seventeen. This horse is actually named after him. Um, he went out to the Godolphin Stables when it was a yearling, and it kind of. You just have to go and watch the video. I've reshared it on the Twitter, um, and he didn't win its first three starts, and then he said. Young Cody said, I've got to go to the races and it'll start winning. Uh, sure enough, he went and watched its fourth race and it started winning and it hasn't stopped winning. And now it's won the biggest race of of his career. It's gone around at $3 and it's won the mile by, I think, a long neck. And yeah, you just have to go and watch the video. So that was Champions... No, what are we saying? That was Cup Week and the Breeders' Cup Weekend wrapped up. Uh, there's a couple questions and then we'll sign Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? All right, we're getting into the questions. Uh, there's only two of them, um, and they're both from your mate, Wilbur, Seb Antonio. He says, Antonino. Line. Antonino, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for pulling me up on that, or else I would have kept saying it for the... <laughs> for who knows how long. Flightline <laughs> slash Life is Good was the ultimate secretariat sham vibes. Could he have raced on turf, though? I'll go first, and I'll say... Yes, a good horse is a good horse. I know I talked down the dirt racing a little bit and you know potentially he potentially he could be a slightly better horse on the dirt. I think there's less there's definitely less variance on the dirt. It's not like you go from a, a firm two to a heavy 11 or a heavy 10 um, on the turf. The dirt, even if it does rain, I, I don't think it varies quite as much as the grass. So that is one factor, but I still reckon he would have been a champion on the, on the grass. Yeah, he's a fast horse. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Nico, any thoughts on that question? No, you boys have covered it all. And the other question was, 
bit late, but where was Trushan slash Kiprios for the cup? Um, we've kind of oh, touched. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> <laughs> $56 I backed Kiprios at for the Melbourne Cup. I know it was wishful thinking. We backed him at $56. We. <laughs> we. Um, <laughs> he he sent me sent me a photo of that um that photo and he said Nico's I told him Nico's gonna blow up at this. <laughs> Dead set. How far? Honestly. Yeah, he could have he could have carried the grandstand. He would have carried the grandstand. And I think the weights are overplayed in Melbourne Cups anyway. Proof this year, gold trip. Yes, I know weak year, but it was all all the big guns were fighting it out last year, like VE incentivize. Spanish mission, they were all up at the top of the weights, so good horses carry weight against little squibbies that get in near the bottom. So Well, we know the handicapper has they've got a hold of the Northern Hemisphere of three year olds now a lot more. We know Doval Legend carried fifty five kilos, Cross Counter was fifty one and Rekindling was <clears> fifty one and a half. So yes Cyprius could have carried fifty nine and one. Well he would have carried fifty nine and one. I believe. Maybe sixty. Easily. I'm not sure if they would have given him more than 59 or not, but he would have. But... Same same thing with VE. Oh, like she would have not been disgraced at all, mm. carrying the, the the weight whatever she was going to have yeah. 59 on this year. Well, before we do Good. sign off, that there were there is kind of two pearls that I've been taking into cups, and they've been smashed to smithereens in the last two years. One was don't back the top weight, and the other one was <laughs> don't back the mare with the highest weight. And last year. Very elegant became the first mare to carry such a weight since Maccabi Diva. And this year, Gold Troop became the first top weight to, to win with the top weight since Maccabi Diva as well, 2005. So, history's mystery is that is what that says to me. You just uh, treat each race as its own and hopefully you can make a dollar or two. Back winners. <laughs> It's as simple as I that. Listen to the trumpets from you. Just <laughs> because you got, got the wind up your ass after you had a little fill up. Yeah, well, trumpet, trumpet, trumpet. Twenty units this week. I can do what I want. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder you. No wonder you want to continue the podcast through. You never stop. Because <laughs> we'll, at, at will bet it just can't stop, won't stop. Hundred yeah, percent. All right, let's sign off there. Uh, we've kept it to around the forty-minute mark, which is good. Um, I had an absolute strip out yesterday in Hong Kong. Absolutely sickening. Go and watch some of those races that, that we lost on. Beauty especially Eternal. Ra- Beauty Eternal Race 9. We won't get into it or else I'll just absolutely blow up. But And then you got beaten by Super Multiman. Yeah, got beaten by Super Multiman. <laughs> Jungle Magnate from Barrier 14 has led. He's never, never led in his life and he's leading first up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, don't get me angry. <laughs> Because I had a good crack yesterday in Hong Kong. I was that confident. Anyway, the great gamer. Um, this week is Cranbourne Cup. Um, I don't think we're going to... Where else would you want to be? Where else would you want to be? We'll, we'll see how we go with the podcast over the next couple of weeks. Once the cars come up, we'll definitely be doing Zipping Classic Day. That's always an, a, a good day. But outside of that, we'll just kind of wait for acceptances to come out on the Wednesday and we'll see if we're keen... Um, hopefully we do want to keep this momentum running obviously last week it was a good week for the podcast so hopefully you enjoyed it shared it with your friends uh, and we'll see you back here soon cheers